It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Having It All podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I'm helping you get out of your head so that you can truly have it all. Let's do it. What's up, beautiful people? Matthew Bivens here, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Thrilled to have you here today, and we got a, a really fun one for you. I have a returning guest to the show, and the conversation that we get into uh, is very personal, so I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Uh, I want to kick things off, though, by talking about some magic. You know, Magic is our ability to influence ourselves, other people, and life in a powerful, amazing, healthy way. And I've had some big magic recently in my life around showing up for myself despite my emotions. Showing up for myself despite how I might feel in the moment. And so I want to talk about this to kick off the episode because I know it's something that all of us can relate to. I know that right now or maybe sometime today or definitely sometime this week, you're going to be presented with an opportunity to do something that you know will benefit you even though it's the last thing that you want to do. So for me, the, uh, the area where I influence myself uh, it's with my balance chart, and my balance chart is the app that I use to just keep track of my habits and make sure that I'm making deposits into myself and, and uh, you know, in my life in all these different ways. And so one of my goals is that at the end of each week, I want to complete 90% of the habits on my balance chart. And so yesterday, today's Monday, yesterday, it's the end of the, of the, of the day. Um, it's like evening time, probably like eight or nine. PM and my balance chart was at maybe a 70. And all of the habits that I had left were anaerobic. So they were, you know, exercise habits. There were things like uh, pull up holds and handstand push ups and uh, some ab exercises and inverted push ups, all sorts of different things. And I'll tell you, it was the last thing that I wanted to do at 9 PM on a Sunday after a full day was to essentially get a workout in. But, you know, since this is magic, you can already guess that I showed up for myself despite those emotions, despite wanting to do anything else than, you know, exert myself, I still decided to suck it up and do it. And, you know, the reason why 
it wasn't a motivation thing. And, you know, I wanted to, I want to make this comment as well. Like a lot of times I know for myself, I felt that I don't achieve the things I want in life because I lack the motivation. Or if only I had more motivation, then I would be able to accomplish my goals. I'd be able to show up powerfully for myself. And I always attributed it to motivation. However, I don't feel that way anymore. I don't feel that motivation is that key ingredient. Because when I look up motivation in, in, the, uh, in the dictionary, because that's what I was doing, I wanted to look at the word, it says one of the definitions is the general desire or willingness of someone to do something, right? And so when I think about myself last night, making those deposits, getting those points, completing my habits, it wasn't because I wanted to exercise my body. I wasn't motivated to exercise my body, right? I wasn't motivated to sweat. What I wanted to do was to maintain my integrity. I wanted to complete what I said I would complete. And in that moment, it looked like getting my points. It looked like showing up and doing it, even though it was the last thing that I wanted to do. And, you know, I, I, I've said it a few times, like, I had zero desire to do this. So it was a huge piece of magic for me to show up for myself despite my emotions. And I'm extraordinarily happy and inspired that I did because I know that that's going to carry into the rest of my day and the rest of my week. You know, being able to show up and do those things that I know are healthy, that I know are powerful, even though I absolutely don't want to do them. And for you, you know, I'm just letting you know, it's okay if you don't want to do them. And it's okay if you don't find joy along the way. Because I didn't. I know I didn't necessarily find the joy in doing my push-ups. You know, I, I found the joy in completing what I said I would complete. So that was my magic. And I, and I love kicking off these episodes with magic. You can check out all the magic that I post in the Your Day Balance Game app. And uh, feel free to message me if you're interested in that and if you have questions. Now I want to give a little bit of listener love. I really appreciate uh, when you reach out to me. And you do it in so many different ways via email, through Instagram, and through reviews on iTunes. And so today I just want to read a review on iTunes. And um, this one was great. And I love the handle because it was one of those those handles where I had to read it like three times before I actually understood what it what it read, what it said. Uh, this person's handle is African Queen, and it was just the spelling of that. I'm like A P H R I. I'm like, what does that say? But regardless, uh, I, I was able to to decipher the code. Um, and so I want to read. I want to read their their, let's see, where is it? Their review right now. Here we go. I've been listening to this podcast for about five months. I started from the first one and listened to mostly all of them. That's amazing. I absolutely love this podcast. I don't have any more episodes to listen to and I'm sad, lol. I've learned so much and I can relate to almost all of the shows. I feel like I know Matthew and I appreciate his transparency. It takes guts to tell the world who you are. Because of this show, I'm doing my reps. Thanks. Wow, that's awesome. African Queen, Thank you. Thank you for listening, for supporting the show, and for, you know, getting into action. There's so many, uh, I know with me, there's so many things that I might read or listen to or watch that are 
you know, they're encouraging, they're inspirational,、uh, but I don't, I don't always get into action. So I don't always get to take the lessons and the gifts and, and spread them and do something with them, but you are. And I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate you sharing that testimony with me on iTunes. So thank you so much. If you want to connect with me on iTunes, leave a review. That'd be, that'd be pretty sweet.、Uh, it's on iTunes, also known as Apple Podcasts. And you can just go on there and leave a rating and review. And that's awesome. All right. Let's get to talking about today's episode. So, today I have my friend Kyla Sokol Ward back on the show. Now, Kyla came on a number of months ago and we talked about sexual energy. And it was a really great conversation. And,、uh, you know, the, the topic of sexual energy, to be quite honest with you, is something that I probably would have skipped five to six years ago because at the time it was a little bit up there for me, a little bit up in the clouds. You know, I didn't really connect with that idea of sexual energy. However, where I'm at today, you know, it's something that completely resonates with me. So, Kyla and I had a really amazing time in that conversation. And, Um, I definitely recommend you give it a listen if you haven't already. The episode is called Exploring Sexual Energy What Our Relationship with Sex Reveals About Ourselves. So go check that out. And, you know, I have Kyla back on the show, and, you know, she's,、uh, she's a pretty awesome woman. She's a women's empowerment coach. And she, what she does is she really keys in on that relationship to self. And that plays a big part in. Our conversation on this episode because we are talking about insecurities in the bedroom. Insecurities in the bedroom. And this one gets so personal, and I love it. My absolute favorite part of this conversation that you're about to hear is when Kyle and I literally go back and forth, rapid fire style, listing off our biggest bedroom insecurities one by one. So she shares, then I share. She shares, then I share. We just go back and forth. I mean, I think I had 16 different insecurities on my list, and we just go through them. And just hearing all of them and talking about all of them and really sitting down and thinking about what made me insecure and why, it was so eye opening for me and incredibly, incredibly healing. So that's a, enough talk, enough setup.、Um, I'm going to drop you right in the middle of my conversation with Kyla, and I really hope you enjoy. Today's conversation, we're talking about insecurities in the bedroom. And I think that everybody can relate to that one. <laughs> yes, I think they can. Yeah. So, you know, this was actually something that you pitched. And I'm curious,、um, you know, why did you want to talk about it? Yeah.、Um, I was actually I was sort of pitching this idea or pitching the idea in general to some of my peers and asking if you were to have or to listen to a conversation around sex, what would you want to listen to? And, and this is something that I did intentionally for this conversation, but also in general, just something that's been on my mind of like, what are people in general thinking about sex? And again, I might have mentioned this on the last episode. It's just such a weird thing to me to think about that, like, Sex is something that we're all doing. You know, let's say 90% of the world is doing, of those of us who are sexually active in general, and no one's talking about it. And it's this weird, secretive thing that people act like they're not doing or like we're not supposed to talk about it. And of course, I think we're all aware that there is this taboo fence around it, but、um, it's, it's just weird that we aren't able to talk about our experiences in detail. 
even though everyone's doing it. And so, of course, these insecurities are such a huge thing because no one is speaking them out loud. No one's talking about their sexual experience in general. And then the insecurities is like magnified a hundred times. So I think um, as I was sort of putting this idea out there to my peers, a lot of what I was hearing was, well, here's something I'm interested in, but I don't know if that's normal. And maybe everyone, no one else is thinking about that. And I, there was just so much um, lack of assurance in themselves of whether or not what they were talking about was normal or what they liked or what they didn't like was normal. And I thought, wow, okay, insecurities, that sounds like the idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, when, when I was sort of putting some thoughts on paper for this conversation, I made a big old list and we're going to actually share uh, some of the insecurities that we've had over the years. And <laughs> Kyla, my list was so long. My list was 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 crazy long. And I'm thinking, man, like, there's so many, so many stories I had running, so many beliefs about myself, so many fears, so many apprehensions mm. that had to do with sex, that had to do with my body, that had to do with how I showed up, how mm. I quote unquote performed. And it was you know, I'd never sat down and just listed those things out before. So it was pretty eye opening. And um, it, 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 I also got a glimpse as to where they where they came from and where they originated. And that was very interesting mm. as well. Because, you know, a lot of the, they didn't come from me, I picked them up from other people in other places. So um, I'm happy that we're talking about this. Um, because it's on people's minds, just like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yes, it totally, totally is. And I think a lot of people will resonate with all of the insecurities. Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe you can share a little bit about um, when you started to become aware of some of those insecurities and some of those feelings that you had that were causing you to second guess yourself or withhold mm-hmm. or judge. Um, like, you know, did that start immediately when you were young, when you started to have feelings towards other people, or was it something that grew over time? Um, maybe we have different or similar experiences there. Yeah, I think I have a pretty lucky experience in general. I'm actually not even sure what to attribute this to. I didn't really feel insecure sexually when I first started having sex, which was maybe when I was 18 or so. And I... I mean, I definitely didn't know what I was doing at all. <laughs> None of us do, but <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't really, I didn't really feel insecure about it. Um, and I think that, well, actually, now that I'm really thinking about it, I think there were a lot of insecurities that were just sort of like dug so deep. I didn't realize that they were insecurities. Um, but there's definitely an inclination to like really, really show up in a certain way. And so much of it was, of course, about, like, how I thought the, my partner wanted me to look and to sound and to act and to perform and really trying to be that instead of being present in my own experience. And I think I started to become more aware of this um, maybe with my last partner, the last relationship I was in. And we were together for, um, I don't know, two, two and a half years. And that was, like, the most deep experience I've had sexually with the same person. And I think it just started to become aware to me that like, I wasn't really showing up the way that I wanted to in sex and that I was actually very insecure about showing up how I wanted to, because 
I was afraid it wouldn't be good enough for him. It wouldn't be pleasurable for him. And I was very, I thought, you know, I won't be able to, um, like I won't, he won't, he won't be able to be as turned on as if I'm not showing up in whatever way I think he wants. And I wasn't able to have a conversation about that with him. I never did. And, um, yeah. And I think it was probably after that relationship ended was thinking about how I'm showing up during sex and where am I really holding back and why aren't I able to ask for what I want? Um, in a lot of ways in sex and what is that, how is that translating to other parts of my life? Oof, I can relate to that totally. So I'm curious, mm. uh, two things came up for me, two questions for you. Um, how were you showing up versus how you wanted to show up? So you were doing X, but you really wanted to be doing Y. I'm curious about that. And then my second question is, where do you think your, the, the, the model for how you thought you needed to show up, where do you think it came from? Mm. Yeah, well, so I was showing up in a way that was very, very powerful, very sexy, very um, kind of formulaic, honestly. The sex in that relationship became kind of formulaic of just like, okay, this is is what comes first and then second and then third. And it was always really good, always really good, always really fun, very loving. Um, but there wasn't really room for creative expression. And so I I was showing up in like, uh, in a way that was, yeah, again, very sexy and I wanted it to be more romantic. And, um, (laughs) what was challenging about that was I was afraid that if I asked for something that was more like lovemaking versus having sex, um, that he wouldn't become and that he wouldn't get turned on enough, which is like kind of insane to say out loud because we did love each other so much, but we, and sex is always sex. It wasn't about lovemaking necessarily. Um, I get that. Yeah. And I was, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I was always just too concerned that like it wouldn't be good enough for him. And again, I was never, I was never willing to even have the conversation. So I could have been totally wrong about that. I'm sure I was, I would have been really wrong about that but I was really insecure about that desire of mine to be made love to instead of fucked essentially. Um, and there's room for both. Both of those things are great. Um, but yeah, it was really always one over the other. Um, and as far as where that came from, I think just very much like, uh, what we see in movies, what we're told, Oh, this is what men are attracted to. You know, men don't want to talk about love making men want to have sex. And, um, it's kind of an interesting thing, like as someone who very much identifies as like a hardcore feminist and, you know, very much putting my needs first, especially when it comes to sex, those were still things that I like were really deeply ingrained in me um, that I couldn't quite let go of in those situations. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I get it. I mean, like, mm. there's so many things that just, I don't know, they start when we're young, <laughs> you know? Like, I think back to, to my totally. early, like, with some of my first insecurities were in middle school when people, my classmates were, uh, you know, they were boyfriends and girlfriends. They were they were dating one another. Mm-hmm. And I was hearing stories about about, like, I don't think it was sex back then, but it was definitely oral going on. And mm-hmm. I remember a guy on my bus, he had pictures. We're like in middle school, right? 13, 14, 15. He had pictures of him like with girls over spring break. He had just gone back from spring break down in, you know, like Florida or something. And he had these pictures. Mm-hmm. And this stuff was not even on my mind. Like it, it Yeah. You know, but here here's this guy who you know, he's the same age as me. He had physically matured way sooner than me. You know, he was much bigger than me, had started to have hair in his face. And I guess those hormones were moving. But here I am thinking that I needed to, like, there was something wrong with me that I wasn't showing up like he was and, do, and doing the things he was. And so it was like very early on, that comparison, myself to my peers. And I think that just for me went, you know, that it started in my, in my 12, 13, 14, and just sort of continued up through my teens and into my 20s um, but going back to what you said you know the talking about having sex versus being made love to I know from mm-hmm. from a male's perspective from my perspective you know I got so much of my sex education from porn and yeah the stuff I was watching I was none of it was making love and yeah. you know when I when I heard you say romance like you know you wanted it to be more more romantic um, what 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 thought came in my head was intimacy, you know, like mm-hmm. that intimacy, and that was not what was modeled for me. That was not what I was watching. That's not what was being programmed for me. So, like hearing you say it from the female perspective, I'm like, wow, I was the guy who was just you know jackhammering the partners I had mm-hmm. because that's what I saw, and like that's the stuff that I modeled, and you know, and and of course there's like. Uh, you know when people like open up their wallet and they they flick it out and there's like a hundred photos of their kids and one of those little accordion things, like that yeah. that was what I would bring to the bedroom in terms of like insecurities. And it was <laughs> here we go, broop, and here they're all gonna come out. And so I would just go back to those things that were modeled to me the the way that I thought you were supposed to do it, looking at porn and and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And man, yeah, so that you 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 uh stirred a few things in me with your sharing. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you bring up, like, having it start even before you even were thinking about sex. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I hadn't even really, like, considered that. And I very much was in the same boat of, like, I matured physically much slower than most of my peers, like, much, much slower. I was very much a late bloomer in all aspects, and, and sexually as well. Like, even people like making out, I was like, are we doing this now? Like I had no idea. And like, I didn't get my first kiss until I was 16 years old. And like everyone I knew was having sex by then. And, um, it just, it just blew my mind of like, 
yeah, and I, I felt really, really insecure about that in high school of like not even having kissed someone and was really like embarrassed about that. Um, and just, yeah, like hearing, hearing what other people are doing and especially that age, it's like you also don't get the idea that no one knows what they're doing. It doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean it's fun. It doesn't mean they even want to do it, but everyone's just doing it because it's the thing. And yeah. um, again, it's like if we're not talking about it, we don't know. Now, did you have anybody that you could ask questions to or talk to about it? Um, the the invitation was probably open from my mother, but it would not have been a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think like my, maybe like my older sister, I could have talked to her, but I, I was so embarrassed about it. I just didn't want to. Were you seeing like, you know, did you... Was your older sister going on dates and making out with boys and having boyfriends and things when you were in this in this period where like none of that stuff was even on your on your mind? She definitely was. Yeah, like I remember boys really liked my older sister when we were in high school and stuff and like people always knew that that we were sisters and I was really afraid of having sort of like the reputation of being like her innocent little sister and like I was like the cutesy innocent little sister and like I didn't want to be that but I also didn't want to go and do the things that would make me not innocent in their eyes. Um, and yeah, I just felt really uh, like insecure with male attention and, and all of it. Like I wanted it, but I was also afraid of it. And I think that a lot of, a lot of young girls can relate to that. Yeah. And I guess what I'm, what I'm taking away is like so much of the insecurities that I've carried around with me today, you know, I'm, I'm 31, right? That stuff goes back to 12 years old and mm-hmm. riding on the bus and hearing conversations and you know having a a girl make a move on me and me not knowing what the hell to do how to respond mm-hmm. and you know like it goes back so far and you know on the, on the one hand I'm a, I'm appreciative of being able to think back and remember those things um because now it's like okay I I I see where they originated from so you know that's kind of like you know, I, I, I can go through and see the, the origin point. So now I can do something about it. And then on the other hand, mm-hmm. I'm like, God, that's so fucked up. That 12 year old me yeah. was like dealing with that shit. Like, I don't know. I didn't know anything about anything in that area yet. It just sort of <laughs> thrown into it. So I, for me, as a, I'm a father, right, you know, and, and mm-hmm. um, I think, OK, is there anything like what who do I need to be to create a space of safety for conversations to happen. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and same with, with my wife, like who do we need to be as parents, as, as, um, as uh, a couple, as a part, as partners in order to create an environment where our daughter can ask questions or, you know, mm-hmm. we don't make those same topics taboo that were made taboo yeah. in my house. I had the two minute, you know, birds and bees conversation with my dad. That was extremely <laughs> awkward. I didn't get the sense that he wanted to be there. I felt awkward mm-hmm. about it. And I was just like, oh, I know everything. I'm cool. I don't need this talk, dad. And that was it. Mm-hmm. We never talked about sex in my house. We never talked about yeah. dating. We never talked about like, it wasn't until maybe my late teens when my dad was like, hey, listen, two things. Don't get arrested and don't get a girl pregnant. And <laughs> like, it just wasn't talked about. And so... You know, I'm, I'm, my intention is to create a different culture in my household, a different atmosphere around it. And, um, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just that that all to me is very interesting looking back. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so beautiful. It's just yeah, like you said, creating a different culture and very much being aware that like it's it's uncomfortable to talk about these things and that's okay. And we don't it's like they are insecurities and insecurities don't always feel awesome to talk about and sometimes we don't know what everyone is thinking. We can't know what everyone is thinking and that's okay. And to have that sort of be the um, the standard that like this might be a little uncomfortable and like it's okay for it to be uncomfortable. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about it. Uh, I'm so happy you said that because, you know, sex can absolutely be an awkward topic. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've been I've been nervous for both of our recorded conversations because they're about sex. <laughs> and... Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it, it like like you're right. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent comfortable. Like it doesn't have to be, you know. Uh, hey, the plumber's coming today. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. I'm doing this today. Hey, let's talk about sex now. Hey, it doesn't necessarily need to be that. But being open to having those conversations, I think, is the important part. Yes. Yeah. I think there's a lot of pressure, like when sexual energy and when this topic gets thrown around, of like, oh, you have to just be totally open to it and, and free love and you have to be so comfortable with yourself that you can talk about all of the intimacies with this. And it's like, you don't have to be totally comfortable with it. Like, it's a little awkward. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's that's like a great, like, it's. I think it's important we say that again. Like, it's okay for it to be totally awkward because I know for me, when something was awkward and uncomfortable, I would not do it. I would just go the opposite direction because I don't yeah. want it. You know, I don't want to face that. It feels awkward. It feels uncomfortable. And in my mind, it, that wasn't okay. So right. it's like, I want to right. do everything possible to avoid discomfort. I want to do everything possible to avoid anxiety, to avoid fear. And therefore, let me go in the other direction. And so that meant in relationships, when I started to become sexually active at 17, and when I, when I started to, you know, really develop relationships in my 20s, it meant that we never talked about this stuff. Never talked mm-hmm. about our feelings, what we wanted to experience, insecurities. And I would do exactly what I had taught myself to do, and that was go the other way. And that always inevitably ended up coming back in some sort of form that was unhealthy and, and destru- you know, destructive to the relationship. Mm, yes, yeah. And I think what you're saying about is like striking something with me because I was recently at, um, I know we just talked about orgasmic meditation on our last last yeah. conversation. I was at an orgasmic meditation, like uh, immersion weekend uh, about a month ago in Los Angeles. And there were maybe 150 people there. And what was so, I, I had a lot of takeaways from that weekend. My biggest one was the men in that room. It was like maybe 50-50 male, female the men in that room sharing their insecurities about sex and about intimacy and relationships and love and hearing that from men is something that is really not talked about enough. And I think it's, um, there's very much a space, not enough of a space, but still a space for women to talk about their insecurities or maybe it's even expected that women feel insecure in the bedroom. But I think, you know, men, it's like there's the whole macho thing happening and that like, yeah, men know what they're doing and men can always get off during sex. And um, of course it's easier for them. And I was so floored hearing all of these men make these vulnerable shares about like how terrified they are during sex and all of these insecurities that they have. And it really, it was so touching to have all these men be that vulnerable. And then also very eye opening of like, 
holy shit, we are all afraid of this. Like, we all have this going on. This is not exclusive to, to one gender. Wow. That sounds like a pretty uh, pretty powerful experience being in a room with a, a lot of folks who are sharing like that. That's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah, it was really powerful. So let's, this is a great segue. Let's move into the next part of the conversation. The one that is what got me feeling a little nervous because you and I, <laughs> we, we thought of and, 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 you know, wrote down our insecurities, the things that we had been feeling, uh, insecure about ourselves, fears, things like that when it comes to sex and, and, uh, it, you know, being intimate in the bedroom. So I think it would be great if we talked about them and, um, we can kind of go back and forth. I can share an insecurity. You can share an insecurity and we can go through them and then circle back on a few and, and dive into them a little deeper. What do you think? Let's do it. I'm scared. I'm excited. <laughs> cool. So I, I, I was sharing with you um, before we officially started that when I was doing this, I had a huge list. I had a big list of insecurities <laughs> and that was very eye opening. I, I really didn't, didn't realize that. So I'll start. One of the top insecurities for me is finishing too quickly, being so mm -hmm. caught up in needing to last long, needing to last longer than my partner. And if mm -hmm. I come before her, then I have failed. And mm. being in that headspace that comes with that feeling of, am I going to finish too quickly? Holy crap, I feel mm -hmm. the tingle. I feel the sensation. Oh my gosh. And then, you know, a lot of times that anxiety makes it even harder for me to have that body control. So number one for me is finishing too quickly. What's yours? Yeah, on that note, one of the ones that I thought of was that um, I take too long to come and always being afraid of like, is he bored? And is he like, yeah, is he bored? Does his hand hurt? Does his mouth hurt? Like, does his body hurt? Whatever's happening of like, is this... Um, yeah, of, of like all of it being so focused on him and, and what he's experiencing and not just like being in the state of pleasure. That is the purpose of, of having sex. Mm. I can hear that. I get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right, cool. So uh, my next one is not being able to make my partner orgasm multiple times. Being Ugh. insecure if... If I, and, th and this is all in quotes, because I, I recognize how incorrect mm -hmm. the statement is, M you know, if I am unable to make her come two, three, four, five times, then I am not a powerful lover. I'm not a, mm -hmm. a, a real man. Um, if I don't make her have one of those experiences where, you know, she's in like a sex coma afterwards and you know, <laughs> that, yeah, and, and the, the the part for me that I recognize as very damaging, unhealthy, is the idea that it's my responsibility to make her yeah. have a, a you know her multiple orgasms or a pleasurable experience. So the insecurity mm -hmm. around that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you for saying that. Um, one of mine. Let me see here. That I I'm afraid that I'm too loud or that like the noises that I make are too weird or that like if I become too uninhibited then it will get too weird <laughs> um yeah I'll make some noises that will turn him off in some way uh I I'll piggyback on that one because one of the ones <laughs> that I have is that um my orgasm noises are too weird like they're <laughs> yeah like they're the grunts or the 
you know, sometimes like I get real, I know it's real deep, real deep noises that come yeah. out and those are weird and they're awkward or my sex talk is, is bizarre or turns her off or whatever. So essentially this idea that any vocalization, any communication, communicating that I'm enjoying the experience is having the effect of turning her off or making her not want to be with me. Yes, 100%. That's one of mine as well. I'm very, I'm very, very into dirty talk. And I'm, especially like if it's with a new partner and if I start saying things, I think it, it comes for me, it like comes out very naturally. And then I have this moment like right after I say something, I'm like, oh my God, what if he's not into this? Yeah. And then if he's not, it's like, that's going to be a problem for me because that's so much, like that's so much of how I get turned on. And I think women in general, like we're, you know, we're verbal. We love, we love hearing things from men um and yeah so like being afraid that he's gonna think it's weird or like where is this coming from and um yeah that is sounds crazy and then also being afraid that he just won't like it and the sex will be bad yep man okay so uh <laughs> next for me is being insecure about what turns me on so the things that i want to try mm -hmm. like anal you know and being scared mm -hmm. to say that like like being oh my gosh, I'm going to be judged because I want to try that. Or, you know, yeah. sharing some of the things that I've experienced with my wife and things that maybe she hasn't experienced and then being insecure about how she's going to view me now that she knows that I've done this thing. So that, mm -hmm. that definitely has been an insecurity of mine. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a big one. One um, of mine is... <laughs> <laughs> this is a big one that's been on my mind a lot recently that I've been trying to talk about more with, with women in my life is the appearance of my pussy and um, very much like I have the I have the cognitive knowledge that like all pussies look different each one's like a snowflake everyone is unique and also having the fear of like but what if mine is like the most unique one ever and <laughs> being a, again cognitive, cognitive, cognitive awareness that that's probably not the case and um, there are lots of whatever, there's lots of different appearances and forms that pussies can come in. But yeah, having a lot of insecurity of like, what if mine is so weird? And, um, I brought this up to, to a woman recently and she said, have you seen a lot of other pussies? And I was like, no, honestly, I haven't. And she's like, I think, you know, I, I don't have suggestions for how you can do this, but like, that would be really helpful for you to see what other pussies look like, because what you've seen in porn, like, those are like those women are chosen for a specific reason. Like you don't see every kind of body type in porn. And um, yeah, so that's, that's a big one for me is the appearance of it. Oh, I get it. I get it. And <laughs> we'll take a little tangent because in oming, isn't one of the, um, one of the steps in oming to mm -hmm. describe. Yeah. So like for the partner who's, who's doing the oming to doing the stroking um, to describe you know, that, that area, the, 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 uh, to describe the other person. And I think that is one of the coolest parts of oming, in my opinion, where you're actually getting up close and you're describing, you know, the lips and the clitoris and you're describing the colors mm -hmm. and all of that, because who, who does that? Who does right. that, you know? And, and I have experienced, I, you know, I actually omed earlier today. And, um, wow. yeah, uh, uh, I don't know how many hours ago, but, um, and that was just, I've experienced so much healing in, uh, the person I was oming with 
from just that part alone. It's just that part. I mean, the rest of the experience is powerful and healing as well. But just that part alone where somebody is, you know, looking at you and, and describing and, you know, the contours mm-hmm. and the shapes that I mean, that is mind blowing. I think what, what, what can come from that. So I'm happy that you shared that insecurity. Yeah, yeah, that was that definitely like with with orgasmic meditation is 100% the most uncomfortable part for me. And I didn't realize how profoundly uncomfortable it was for someone to just like look at my pussy and it's like yeah. it's not a sexual experience it's not like having to do with sex is just looking at it and making observations and i'm so uncomfortable with it and um yeah it is like it is so healing and such a good practice um in just being present and um uh what was it again? oh every time that i own and that step happens the noticing step Every time I am surprised at what the guy is saying. I'm like, like he's saying things that I have not seen in my own pussy. And that like, because again, no one's ever just sat there and told me about it. (laughs) Um, And yeah. So every time I'm like, really, is that that?" like, I have to like look with him and and, like see. um, Yeah. There's all these like physical things happening that I just don't pay attention to because I think women are so taught to be like disgusted by their own bodies. And um yeah, and it's just, it's not something that you look at in detail, and it should be, because it is such a beautiful body part. It's so incredible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, so for me, another <sighs> one of my insecurities, um, this one was more, I would say, probably in my 20s, uh, being insecure about poor performance, because I've either mm-hmm. haven't had sex in a long time, or I haven't had very many partners. So, mm-hmm. you know, I... I definitely went after my first girlfriend, you know, the where I lost my virginity. I went a year, a couple years without having mm-hmm. another partner and then another girlfriend there and then a few more years. So, I had a 4-year relationship coming out of college and before her, it had been a couple of years. So, I stepped into mm-hmm. that terrified because the only thing I'd been doing is masturbating like crazy in that time. <laughs> and you know, I sort of like trying to train myself so that when I got a real person in front of me, I was able to, to last. Go back to that first insecurity I shared of finishing too quickly. So I had all of this anxiety around performance and it was so linked to my experience. And then, you know, as, as, my, as my, my sexual uh, history and things went on, just the number of people, I thought, oh my gosh, I've only slept with three people. I've only slept with four people, whatever mm-hmm. it was. And and that messed with my head as well, because I thought, well, maybe they just didn't tell me how lame I was. Or maybe they, mm. you know, whatever it was, maybe they, maybe they were just trying to be kind. Or maybe that's why we ended up breaking up because uh, I, I couldn't satisfy them because, you know, they were bored or whatever it was. And so those poor performance, the insecurities, um, stemming from not having sex in a, for a long time or not having very many partners is definitely something that I've, I've struggled with. Mm, yes, 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 yes. So real. And again, I think something that like, we don't hear men saying enough. Like we assume that like men are having sex all the time and that's not the case for a lot of people. It was um, like my, yeah, my beautiful. friend group, I'm not, I, I, I don't mean to call out my buddies, but like my buddies yeah. and I in college, like we were not having sex all the time, you know. We mm-hmm. we would have a girlfriend and and you know, we would have one girlfriend who who we would be with for 
a year, a couple of years or whatever, but we were not the crew that I thought the other guys in my school were, were, were like, you know, sleeping with different people every weekend and having, having flings and one night stands and, and all of that. Uh, that certainly wasn't me. And that wasn't the handful of guys that, um, that I was really tight with in college at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So glad that got said. Um, yeah, kind of piggybacking off of that. I think like the number of people that I've slept with, I feel insecure about, and it's not even that I, I have an idea that it's too high, but that number is too, I slept with maybe, I want to say seven. I'm, I won't like go through them all right now. Seven, eight people maybe, but I, I had, <laughs> I had a sexual experience recently, like in the last few months. And it was basically over as soon as it started. Just like, he just came very quickly. And um, yeah, again, you know, no judgment. It happens. It's fine. Um, but in my head, I remember like that was the only time I fucked with him. And I thought to myself like, oh, that didn't count. That like, that's not going to add to my number. And and I even hate that phrase of like, what is your number? Mm. Because it's so absurd and so arbitrary and um it's just really not something that you keep track of. It means nothing. Um, but I did have that thought cross my mind and I was like, what the hell is that? Like, why do I care whether or not this person counts for something that shouldn't and doesn't mean anything? Um, so yeah, that was really, uh, it's, it's, yeah, again, it's a weird thing that I don't realize is on my mind until it just shows up out of nowhere. No, I get it. I get that. I've heard something very similar from my wife where, you know, the more people, that over the years, you know, the more partners that she had, feeling like her, she was less pure or that less valuable mm-hmm. or the stock is going yeah. down or whatever. And um, it's funny because I think with guys, at least in guy circles, it's the opposite. It's how right. many women have you slept with? Oh, wow. The more women you've slept with, that's, you know, that, the, the, that's, that just shows your prowess. That shows how masculine you are. That shows how attractive you are that shows all of that stuff. And um, uh, yeah, it's fascinating, fascinating. So um, for me, one of mine was, and this I totally got from porn, uh, insecure because I had, I was never able to make a woman squirt. And that to me in my mind was the pinnacle of, of sexual pleasure. When the person I'm with can't control their orgasm to the point where it's just like a geyser, because that's mm. that's what you see in the videos, and that's what I was watching. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow, and- I've never. That's that's new to me. I love that you said that. Oh my gosh, I'm so curious about. I've never like asked men about that. I'm really curious if like other men kind of have also picked that up from porn of that being just sort of like the holy grail. Yeah, that uh, that's what it was to me wow. I, because I had never experienced it, and I assumed since I never experienced it, it meant that mm-hmm. I had never gotten my partner to that level. And even to the point where one of my girlfriends, I asked her multiple times, "Did you just squirt? Was that? Did you squirt?" Yeah. You know, and and she's like, "No, what are you talking about?" And uh, because I wanted, I wanted that validation. I wanted that, like, yes, right. I did it. Oh my gosh. I'm a man mm-hmm. because I was able to to make her squirt. So that was one of mine. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Um, what is mine? <laughs> this one's kind of funny. I have a very, very small mouth. 
And I am always really concerned if I'm like performing oral sex that like it's that it's not good for him or that like I'm always I'm always have this fear of like can you feel my teeth like or whatever. Um, and I remember my yeah, my last partner used to always like comment on it, but in a cutesy way, like he like loved it and thought it was great, but I'm always, I'm so insecure about it. And, um, yeah, there's just a lot of, it's, I mean, it's hard. It's like, I love giving head. I do. Um, but I, yeah, I'm always really concerned that like, you know, it freaking hurts my mouth after a while. And like, I'm always concerned going into it. of like, what if this is going to take longer than my physical body can handle? And then I'm going to have to quit and like, I'm going to feel really bad about it. If like, I can't make him come um, or if I can't go at it long enough to make him come. Yeah. There's a lot of insecurities that go into that one. Well, well, this is one that I didn't even write down, but um, the same for me, but going down on, on a woman. Mm -hmm. So the same things around like, am I going to be able to stick with this long enough for her to get there? And yeah, you know, cause I, I've been with some women where, and, and, and some instances where it's 20 minutes, 20 plus minutes. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like, Oh my gosh, my jaw is exhausted. My neck is exhausted. Yeah. My body hurts from being in this laying down position with my, <laughs> my chin tilted forward. So I've absolutely thought that. And then it's even gotten to the point where I've avoided initiating oral on her because I'm like, totally. uh, I don't, I don't really, I don't want to have to try to face the gauntlet of a 30 minutes of going down on you and just for you not to have an orgasm so that I feel like I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So I just totally. wouldn't initiate it and would just try to avoid it. So I, I can feel you on that insecurity. I share it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, mm, another one. I am, <laughs> I think I get concerned of like, if, and I think a lot of women are like this. Like, I think men very much sexually, and correct me if I'm wrong, like men, it's like once you're started, like you're going and you're good to go. But women, I feel like can be a real roller coaster ride. And like, I can be turned on as hell one second and just like really turned off the next. And that can happen really quickly. And um, if that happens, I get really uh, insecure about how, of either should I just like, fake it till I make it type of thing, not fake an orgasm, but just like try to get myself turned on again um, or tell him that I want to stop doing whatever, even if we're just like making out or whatever, like tell him that I don't want to go any further. And then I feel insecure about that of like, we've already sort of gotten into this and how do I tell him? I just like, don't, I'm just like not in the mood anymore. I was five seconds ago and now I'm not. And it's, it really is that simple. It's usually like nothing that he did. It's just like, I don't know, it just went away. And <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a lot of insecurity there too. Oh, I think it's great that you shared that because it sort of gives people permission to be honest with how they're feeling in the moment and share mm -hmm. if they're no longer into it. Because I, I totally, I totally think, and I, like once you initiate, it's almost like okay, you have to finish. Like somebody right. has to come because it's it started. Where you can absolutely, you know, for for a woman and a man, say, hey, you know what, I'm no longer feeling this, and like, yeah. I, I don't know. It just, I don't feel like I've given, ever given someone permission to do that. Maybe in my energy or, or maybe in mm. like beforehand saying, Hey, if you're not feeling it and you know, just tell me, um, at the same time, I don't know if I've ever been given permission or felt like I could, because 
it mm-hmm. hasn't happened a ton with me, but there's absolutely been moments where I was turned on and now I'm no longer am. And I feel like it might take a lot of mental energy to get me back turned on again. So I'm sort mm-hmm. of hoping that it could just be over quicker or, or, you know, whatever. And, um, yeah, so that, I'm, I'm happy you shared that. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boy's easy opening, smooth pouring container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. Yeah, yeah. And I think that sort of goes like back to what you were saying about like giving head, like going down on a woman. It's like, if you're just not into, like, if you're in physical pain, like, yeah, you have permission to stop, even though it's, yes, it's, Again, it's one of those things, like, it's awkward to have that conversation and to say that, but, like, it's important, and we need to be able to to be that uh, be that honest with one another if we're going to be stripping down and doing these things together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, we, and we're taking another tangent right now, I, I realize, but <laughs> it's like we, we are okay stripping down in to a certain level, right? Like, I, yeah. I am, for the most part, I know, and some of my insecurities have to do with my body and being too skinny and, you know, not having the, the, the type of action figure body that I think women want mm. and turn them on, right? And so, to an extent, I'm okay, or I have been. It, my, a lot of the insecurities I'm sharing are things that I have felt in the past. Some of them I still mm-hmm. relate with today, but a lot of these are, are ones that, you know, they came up in the past. So, you know, in the past, it's like, okay, I'm cool stripping down to a certain level, but going to a deeper level, a deeper level of honesty, and then honest communication mm-hmm. is like, no, 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 I don't want to go there. And so just like you said, we might be, you know, servicing our partner and then feel like we want to stop. But then no, no, I don't feel like I have permission to stop because I started this and therefore I have to finish this or I'm no longer turned on, but I don't ha- I don't think I can say anything because we've already initiated it and they're going to be upset. It's like, we're okay getting to a certain level of vulnerability, but going deeper, mm, no, I'm just going to suck it up and ride this out. And, you know, maybe we'll talk about it later, but probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Like we are not obligated to do anything sexually, but we very much feel it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So another one of my insecurities is not being commanding enough. And what I mean by that is, you know, not being that man who, uh, would pick her up and flip her on her back and turn mm-hmm. her into positions and take her against the wall and do this. And, you know, cause in my mind that was, that's what you do when you're a man, right? Like you, you mm-hmm. you have that sort of athleticism and that sort of prowess to be able to do those things. And so in moments when I didn't feel like I could, those were insecurities that came up for sure. 
I love that you use the word athleticism because that's so much of what it is. It's like it's not even so much of it is not even about like the desire to to be that commanding to do those things. It's like you're moving the body of another human. You have like a hundred plus pounds to work <laughs> yeah. with, and it's, yeah, it's like yeah, you can't just like flip people over just because you're turned on. Like it's <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but that's what yeah, I saw. Kind of that, that's what I saw yeah, in porn. Right. Like, I think you listening right now, you get that so much of my stories and insecurities and just the stuff around sex for me came from porn. So that's like, mm-hmm. that's what I saw on camera. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's right. what you're supposed to be able to do. I'm like, wow, well, mm-hmm. I, I can't pick her up with one arm and flip her over and do so darn. All right, well. I must not be able to completely please her, assuming that that's how my partner wanted to be pleased and treated. Right. Yeah, totally. Not everyone does. If yeah. we're not talking about it, we don't know. Totally, totally. <laughs> mm. Yes. Yeah, that reminds me of one of mine, which is that like I'm not flexible enough. I'm not flexible in the right ways, and I actually, I actually like am pretty flexible. I do a lot of yoga, but I, yeah, there, there's definitely been times when like I've been in certain positions and my partner like really wants my legs in some way that just doesn't freaking feel good. And I'm just so distracted by the fact that like I'm in pain or that like I'm doing a hamstring stretch and I'm not enjoying what's happening sexually. And um, yeah, having just, and, and in those instances, I, I have stopped and been like, can we, can we change this up? But it's, it's like, again, it's one of those things like it's awkward to be like, this doesn't feel good. And like, I know you're loving this and you're like fulfilling some kind of fantasy of whatever kind of position you want to see me in. But like, this actually, this actually really hurts and I don't want to do this. Um, yeah. But like being afraid of like disappointing them of like, oh, but I know they want my legs to be like behind my fucking ears, even though no one can do that comfortably. But yeah. Oh, you, you, you totally just uh, inspired a new one for me. It wasn't originally on my list, but <laughs> but insecure and in saying what doesn't feel good. So, if, yeah. you know, someone's going down on me and they're like pulling on my balls and I don't like that. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, in the past, I just would just like breathe through it. I'd be like, okay, I, yeah. can, I can do this and she'll stop soon. Or, you know, mm-hmm. if, if like fingernails on my back or something and, you know, I may not want fingernails mm. on my back, but feeling insecure to actually say it because the fear is that by me saying, something I don't like, it's going to either kill the momentum, it's going to create mm-hmm. some sort of awkward moment, some sort of awkward pause, or it's going to upset her. And all three of those things yeah. are going to mean that the session is done. And so mm. instead of ending the session, I will just, you know, suck it up and, you know, tap into some 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 other place to be able to get through what is not feeling so great. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's so important that men and women, especially are like together having these conversations in non-sexual context, because it's like, we don't, we don't know what feels good and what doesn't if we don't, if we are not owners of those body parts. And like, it's, there's so much going on there. Like there's so many sensations. There's so many like different parts of the body that like feel good for certain people and not for others and whatever. And like, you know, sexual body parts are not, um, and it's just like, it really requires so much conversation and we put so much pressure on ourselves to just know what men want and know what women want. And 
it's like there's so much happening there and we don't know about it because we've never had that body part if you're in a heterosexual relationship and like there's just so much there for us to learn and we're just expected to just know and go into it and be good at it yeah yeah man Mm. yeah um oh yeah i do let me see here um very a lot of insecurity around I was just talking about this recently with someone around like the smell of my pussy. And um, this is one thing that I think like I was insecure about. I, I think like, you know, when I was younger and now I think there's, there's definitely a bit of anger around it as well, because I think both men and women are very much raised with, like, Oh, your pussy just smell like freesias or mangoes or something. And it's like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. That's not what pussy smell like. They just don't. And it's, it isn't always about hygiene. It's like your pussy smells like a pussy and that's what it is. And I think so many women like struggle with this of like, Oh, being clean and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yes, personal hygiene is definitely a thing and, and not, not going to put that away, but it's, um, yeah, there's still a lot of insecurity around it. of like, what if he doesn't like it? What if it turns him off? Oof. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. All right. So, 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 so here's two that collapse into one. Um, not being able to keep to keep up with her. So I think it has mm. it has to do with the you know the experience thing and the quote unquote performance. And the reason I put performance in quotes is that like when you think about a performance, you know, like your favorite musical artist performing, you know, they're on stage and the spotlight's on them, and it's like the pressure is on them. And for mm-hmm. me, that's how I was that was my context for sex. Like the spotlight was on me and the pressure was on me. So that's why when I say performance, I do quotes, but um, yeah, not being able to keep up with her. So if I have a partner who, you know, is just has a a voracious sexual appetite who can just take a, 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 like a, Mm. a, a tempo that I can't keep up with or, you know, they want it harder than I could do or they want it longer than I could do Mm -hmm. or whatever, feeling insecure before we even get going that, they're going to want more than I can actually deliver. And that creating anxiety within me, and then me having my backup plan and my backup plan to my backup plan. Like, okay, well, if I, if I, can't, if I come too fast, all right, I'm just going to start using my fingers, and then I'm going to try to, you know, I'm going to go to the bathroom and try to, like, tug on myself, and <laughs> maybe I'll breathe beforehand, and, oh, maybe if I masturbate before we start engaging, then, mm-hmm. okay, now I can last longer. And and seriously, coming up with a strategy, like strategizing yeah. about how to be able to last longer, to keep up with this person, and the whole time I'm in my head, the whole yeah. time I'm in my head because every every tactic that I come up with is coming from a place of fear, you know. And so that yeah. that that's been a big one and a recurring one for me. Mm, yeah. Oh my gosh, that one's so real. Um, I think another one of mine, this kind of goes into like, there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of appearance stuff on this list of like the appearance of my body and, um, (laughs) like, oh, does my stomach look weird in a certain position? Like, and you're, (laughs) it's like, there's so much to be aware of in sex of like the feeling and what your body looks like. And like, yeah, bodies look weird in certain positions. They just do. And like, we're not used to being in a lot of those positions um, just in our day-to-day life. So you always like, 
there can be concerns coming up of like, if my stomach looks weird in some position or um, if, <laughs> if like my butt looks too flat in another position, like I don't have a big butt. I, like I have a small butt. I always have. And I'm always concerned of like, what if, what if when he sees my ass, like without clothes on, cause maybe like my butt looks different in jeans than it does like when there's nothing there. And like, what if he doesn't like it and all of this stuff. Um, and those are things I think that I can definitely, I struggled with body image really deeply for many years. And now those are things that I can sort of look at and laugh at and not care about. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, again, the fear, it comes up. It's, it, it, it's, Totally, totally. And those physical <laughs> ones, you know, I, I've experienced physical ones as well, like little things like, mm-hmm. oh, my elbows are too bony or, you know, just yeah. stuff. And you're like, man, but you know, those, the, for me, those things absolutely translate outside of the bedroom. So those same sort mm. of physical insecurities that, you know, when I'm stripped down and I'm totally naked and you can see everything. Well, I, yeah. I had felt them outside of the bedroom as well, just maybe not to such an exposed extent. Um, all right, so let's see. Another one for me, super insecure to masturbate in front of my partner. That was, huh. yeah, that was very like, I, I remember the first time that conversation got brought up or the first time I did it or whatever, talked about it, like feeling very awkward and and just like, no, I don't want them to see this thing that I'm so comfortable doing in my secrecy, I don't want you to see mm. that. I don't want you to see my face. I don't want you to see, you know, like the stroke that I use on myself to, to help myself get mm. off. Like, I don't want you to see that. And feeling very, very insecure about that idea for for many years. And, and I don't think I actually ever did that until being married. And um, so that's that's how deep that insecurity ran. Well, that's so interesting. I wonder if that's, I mean, that's something I actually haven't talked about, like, with other people. Like, it's something I've, like, done with a partner, but it's not something I've, like, talked about with other people. I I wonder if that's something that women are maybe more comfortable with, if that's the case. I'm not sure, because I've felt comfortable with that. But I wonder if women in general are more comfortable with it, because it's something that's, like, oh, this is, like, this is sexy, and men like this, and whereas like women don't say that about men in general, I think. Um, and yeah, that's really, really interesting. I've never, I've never heard that. I wonder if that's like a common thing with men. I mean, I would imagine it is. And yeah, I wonder if a lot of that stems from just like, that's not something like, that's not something you see in porn, you know, but women touching themselves for sure all the time. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I guess I'm thinking now what, what comes to mind when I associate women masturbating and men masturbating, like when women, Mm -hmm. when I think of women masturbating, it's sexy it's feminine. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a beautiful thing that you want to watch. Yeah. When I think of men masturbating, like the stories that go through my mind, the context is that it's either it, it's, it's dirty, you know, it's right. You're, you're jerking off. Like literally the, the phrasing for it is, is not, yes. it's not pleasant. Um, and you're, you're doing it, like, you know, for me, so, so many years of just doing it in secrecy. And then it's okay. joked about, like in, in guy groups, it's like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just joked about. Like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, jerk off or, or you know, what, whatever the, 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 the phrases are that, that we use. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I imagine for me, some of that context around it is what, you know, helped to bring out those insecurities when the conversation of 
masturbating in front of my partner was brought up like, wait a minute, no, it's dirty, it's weird, it's it's something mm. to laugh at. It's not something that you would want to watch and, you know, creating all of that right. that fear within me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so real. Cool. Let's cool. do um let's do two more each. All right. Um, let me see here. I am, I have an insecurity about, um, I think about just like one, uh, we kind of covered this, but just like wanting it too slow and that, yeah, that men, however I want it, it's just different than he wants it and, and not being able to, um, to communicate that directly without being terrified of turning him off. And like you said, like if the session would be over if I were to say something. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I totally do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. For me asking for sex, I've been super insecure in my Ooh. relationships, asking for sex or initiating sex, like putting out there to my partner in whatever way that I'm turned on and that I, I want to get physical. That has been mm. a big area for me and continues to be a big area for me for some, for some shift to happen. And, um, mm. you know, I think back to, to stories in my own head that I picked up that, you know, my, maybe my partner was, we were having sex, but she didn't want to be having sex with me. That she was doing yeah. it out of obligation because it had been a while or because, it's Valentine's Day or because, you know, she's my girlfriend mm. and that's what you're supposed to do, quote unquote. So mm. somewhere I picked up this thing that, okay, I won't ask. I, I, I can be certain that she's into it if I just leave the initiating up to her. And that's, mm. that's been something my wife and I have talked about, you know. She's like, I feel like I'm always the one who initiates. Mm. And, and I realized that that's, it goes back to you know, those early, early experiences. So being insecure to ask or initiate sex, that's mine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Last one. Um, what you got. All right. Last one. <laughs> I think this one has come up for me really only recently, actually, because as I've been sort of diving more into sexual expression and like deepening my sexual expression, um, I think one insecurity is that like is that I can't come without clitoral stimulation, and I know it's a really common thing, but I see that there's definitely a part of me that feels like as I've been deepening my sexual practice that I should be able to like have orgasms by like being looked at or you know whatever some kind of insane thing and um, <laughs> yeah. because like because I have heard of that like I've heard those stories of women like having an orgasm from like a breeze coming on them or something just like feeling wind and like suddenly they're like in this orgasmic state and I'm like well that's never happened to me like is that is that that am I not spiritual enough it's like that spiritual um uh like that higher spiritual morality coming in of being like if you were really spiritual you would be able to have orgasms hmm. by just like being looked at by a really sexy man and like you should be able to just access that state no matter what um so I think there's like that's where some of that insecurity is coming in um, yeah, and a feeling like I should be able to have an orgasm in any kind of sexual experience, no matter what, um, which, yeah, is pretty silly. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, those shoulds, you know, it's like all the shoulds that we, we put on ourselves. I should do this. I should be able to do that. And then particularly, like you said, mm-hmm. for you, because you've been doing this work and this, you know, the spiritual work, this, the self work, this, you know, loving on yourself in all those ways, that's like, well, I should be able to do this because I've done all this spiritual stuff. So why mm-hmm. am I not able to get off when, you know, somebody whispers the right words in my ear or whatever? And totally. Uh, yeah, yeah. I get it. All right. Last one for me. Um, for many years, especially when I was younger, I struggled with my, the size of my penis. Super insecure yeah. about that. Um, because, man, gosh, little Matthew, don't watch porn. Because when I'm watching porn, like everybody has got 10 inch dicks. And that's, you know, like that wasn't me. And so I was insecure about that and, and insecure that because of my size, because of whatever, I wasn't going to be able to to perform and live up to some expectation. And mm-hmm. so um, getting naked, you know, and it, this is something I, I didn't realize until years later into my late 20s that I didn't want to be naked in front of a new partner unless I was hard. Because mm-hmm. then you're seeing like just me, right? But no, no, I want you to see right. me. I want you to see me at least like at my full my full power is what I'm saying and telling myself right. in my head. So the size of my penis was definitely an insecurity and there was all sorts of stuff wrapped up in all of that conversation. So, wow, uh, Kyla, we yeah. went through a lot. <laughs> there was a lot there. Oh my God. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. Yeah, no, this was, um, yeah, that was super, again, these are things that like I just haven't talked about with, obviously so many people but like even with partners it's like it's such a weird thing like why are we afraid to say this stuff if we're all thinking the same thing totally totally and that's that's one of the big things that you know i think you said it earlier is that we are thinking these same same things like you aren't the only one challenged and i'm speaking to you listener you right now like you aren't the only one who has these insecurities and and it's okay like, it's okay to have these things. And, you know, I think, mm-hmm. Kyla, what you and I have just have demonstrated is that we just aren't talking about them. So it's so easy to think you're right. the only one to think this stuff when you aren't having conversations with with people about it. And um, mm-hmm. I'd love to leave folks with some takeaways on how they can shift those insecurities. Because we just did a great job of, of laying out all sorts of them. But... <laughs> You know, for for the person who's like, great, I have about ninety nine percent of what you guys said. <laughs> how do how do we shift them? Um, do you have any feedback yeah. and advice on that? Mm, yes, I think um, a really big one that's been really powerful for me, and and so much of this I did when I was again really challenged with body image and overcoming that was just spending more time naked, and um, you know that can be alone or with your partner or with whoever you want, but I would when I was dealing with um, overcoming a lot of my body image challenges, I would just, when I would get out of the shower, I would intentionally spend more time naked before I got dressed. And it just allowed me to like get used to the appearance of my own body because I spent so much time avoiding looking at my stomach or at my thighs or, or critiquing instead of just like being in my body. Um, and I think that if in terms of sexually, this becomes really helpful in terms of like, yeah, oh, this is, this is what my pussy looks like. This is what my butt looks like. This is what my breasts look like. Um, and not 
it ha- not having it be about the judgment of it or uh, the fear of what it looks like and, and just being really comfortable with like, this is my body. And there don't be all these stories around it. I think is really powerful. Absolutely. I think that's huge. And um, I, I, I've, I've experienced the, mm, the dissolving of a lot of my fears and insecurities about my physical appearance from doing mm-hmm. what you said, just more time being naked, more time looking at yourself, affirming yourself, you know, your nude self. Mm-hmm. And it f- can feel super weird. Like, if you're not totally. used to doing that, it feels awkward as hell to stand in front of a mirror and to admire yourself. Um, but <laughs> but what you're doing is you're just making subtle, like, rescripting, you know, because so often, yeah. like, our shirt comes off, and I, I think we would be totally floored if, for example, if we could see the words, the judgments, the things that mm. are flying through our heads at an insanely fast speed automatically, if we could see those things like written on a wall when we take our clothes off, we'd probably be, be floored mm-hmm. by how negative and, and damaging those comments are. So doing what you just suggested, spending more time naked looking at yourself in the mirror is a great, simple way to begin shifting our relationship to our naked body to begin shifting the conversation we have about our naked body. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. how, that's how you, you can, you can get through some of this stuff for sure. Yes. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. And I'll, I'll share. So I, um, I got, I got in a real big kick the past few years of just taking bold action. Like, all right, I'm feeling this fear. What's the massive action I could take to dissolve this fear. And so mm-hmm. um, I had been, I was in a, a, a life, accountability group, a life mastermind group with six other people. So there's seven of us. And we were just talking about different things and talking about fears and things that are coming up, blockages. And a person in the group put out there, what if we did a nude meeting? What if we did one of our weekly meetings completely in the nude? And Kyla, that idea terrified me. It oh ter- ter- terrified, terrified, both confronting, right? right. And I, I had never experienced anything like that. So, you know, I didn't say yes or no. I just really went and, and sat with my fears for a while. And I decided, okay, I'm fearing this massive anxiety. I know that there's some healing to be done by going through this experience, but I really need to, to build up my courage. So I came up with a plan to go and get a physical because I, said, I thought to myself, if I get this physical, then the, uh, the doctor will have to see me naked and, you know, and, and I'll get touched and poked and prodded. So it'll help me feel better about myself. And then I said, yeah. also, I need to go to a nude spa. If I go to a naked spa, like, then I get a chance to get some reps in. Um, I didn't end up getting the physical, but I did end up going to the spa. And I do remember that mm-hmm. moment when I dropped my pants and walked out into the, into the main area with all the other naked men. And this is the first time I've ever been naked in front of people. And it wasn't that bad, you know, like people weren't measuring dick sizes and there were like, everybody wasn't staring at me and you know, it was just, Mm -hmm. it was okay. So then the next week rolls around and we have our nude meeting and I was still nervous, but it was okay. And so, I'm not recommending necessarily for you listening who's got anxieties about your body that you ask six of your friends to come over and you guys play naked Scrabble or something. But, you know, 
if you did have insecurities like me with your body, like there are things you could do, right? You know, you could do mm-hmm. different things to just feel more comfortable in your skin. And that's really what it is. Like yeah. figure out what, what you can do to help create a little bit more comfort in your skin. And um, hey, if you're open to exploring the spa idea, I, I went to one in, in here in Atlanta and uh, I didn't really know those things existed, but it was very healing for me. It's very healing for me to be in that environment and be naked and for it to be okay. So that was something that I did personally. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I actually probably a year ago also went to like a, a Japanese bathhouse for the first time. Yep. And also, yeah, a room full of naked women. And I had no intention of going there naked. I was going to wear a bathing suit, but the friend that I was with, she like took off all her clothes and I was like, Oh, are, are you going to, you're going to go naked? She's like, yeah, for sure. Like, of course I am. And so I did too. And again, it was the same thing. Like no one's paying attention to you and everyone yeah. is just there being in their body and just relaxing. And it was really also, yes, yeah, such a healing experience to just be a woman being in my body, not worrying about and freaking out about what my skin looks like. And if this is as big or as small as it should be. And um, just being with people who are being people. Yes. And what's cool about that is you get to see there are so many different types of bodies. Like so many bodies. (laughs) Everyone's different and it's all great. It's all it's all beautiful. So yeah. Mm. So that that's cool that you had a a similar experience. Um all right, what else do you have in terms of how to shift some insecurities? Oh um mm, I would say I mean, I think just like opening up these conversations, yes, with your partner, if you have one, um, but I think just especially like in peer groups of like with your friends and just being more willing to to open up the conversation around sex and um, again, just seeing it as this thing that like we all deal with and we're all doing and it's... um. And and being really open to it being like a little uncomfortable and a little weird and, and it's okay and we can laugh about it and uh, we can laugh at our insecurities and recognize that they're all there. And um, yeah, slowly, slowly. And I think people, and this is definitely my experience, people would be surprised at like how kind of fun and easy those conversations can be when people opt into them um, instead of them being like horribly awkward, they're kind of funny awkward. Um, yeah. And yeah, just again, it's like we're all we're all having this experience, and like let's laugh about how funny it is that we all feel insecure about it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think when you get into those conversations, although they might be awkward, you realize that it's kind of fun talking about this stuff that has felt so taboo, and that you know mm-hmm. it, it, it becomes really exciting to realize that wow, they're having these same thoughts and feelings that I am. Like, holy crap, I'm not alone. Like there's, there's a lot of, mm-hmm. um, it, it feels great for that. So I love what you said about communicating and getting in peer groups. Um, I think for me, one of the, one of the first things is to, you know, shifting those insecurities is just being okay. Like you said, talking about them, um, but really just acknowledging them, you know, because yeah. I, I just denied so many things. I, I denied them. Um, I, I, I guess I recognized they were insecurities, but I didn't think there was anything I could do about them. So, um, you know, really, like, for me, nothing helped to build my fear more than trying to suppress my fear, mm-hmm. you know? And so talking about them or just writing things down, 
Like I journaled for a little while because I was so private. I was so secretive, even with my, my relationships. I didn't want to actually talk about things. So I journaled, but just getting those ideas out because it's sometimes when you write some of those things down, like you sort of, you can read them and recognize, wow, it's not that big of a deal or it's kind of silly. Yeah. Or, that's kind of how I felt making my list before we jumped on the phone today. So communicating mm. really is, is, uh, is one of the, is, is, is super important. And then if you do have a partner, you know, communicating these things with your partner, like maybe sit mm-hmm. down and, and do what we did and just, Hey, here are my list of insecurities. What are your list of insecurities? Let's talk about them. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, understanding. It's like, wow. Okay. I didn't know you felt that way about this. Great. Now I'm armed with that information and I can do something about it next time that we're in, you know, an intimate setting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And, and you said this earlier when we were talking about communicating. You said, uh, do it in a non sexual context. I think that's yeah. huge. So, like, like this type of conversation, this is a very non sexual context, right? And mm-hmm. because sometimes we only, I know for me, I only wanted to talk about this stuff or I felt like, I was only in the space to talk about it right before or after sex. And then who wants to talk about insecurities like while you're in the act? (laughs) So I'm glad you said that earlier to, you know, as you're communicating or when you're communicating, create a space that's, that doesn't have any sort of sexual pressure. So you can just Mm -hmm. just talk, you know, go out to lunch and talk about it. I mean, totally remove any of of that pressure and and create a totally non-sexual context. And you might find that these conversations can flow a little bit more freely. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So important, like you said, removing the pressure and just just talking about it. It's just a part of life. Yeah. All right. Any other other, uh, insights that you can give to help people shift insecurities? I think, um, like you said, you know, looking these things in the eye, acknowledging them and, and seeing, being really honest about how this translates to the rest of your life and how he said, you know, so much of this stuff is not just about sex and the appearance, being concerned about the appearance of your body or what your face looks like or uh, showing up as your fullest, most expressive sexual self. If you're afraid of doing those things, that has a lot more to do with how you're showing up in places outside of the bedroom. and. Um, yeah, and taking a really solid inventory of that and working, and it, that's another thing, is like these things can be worked on outside of the bedroom. And um, so much of, you know, if you're concerned about what your pussy looks like, that's a deeper message of like how you are possibly afraid of showing up as, as a woman and what, is, what does it mean for you and how do you think women are supposed to show up and look and behave um, and to really take those things. And when you see how they transform in every other area of your life, they, the transformations in the bedroom will happen naturally. Totally. Totally. It's like the bedroom magnifies those fears, those mm-hmm. insecurities, those self-worth conversations, all of that stuff, it gets magnified in the bedroom. So if you're experiencing it in the bedroom, chances are that it's something that you you know, can explore and heal and it's going to impact all the other areas of your life. Yes. Beautifully said. Mm. All right, cool. So I have two last things that were really like when I thought about, okay, what is sort of the, the theme of a lot of my insecurities, a lot of mine had to do with performance. And so Mm -hmm. when I think about the performance stuff for me, so much of that had to do with anxiety, fears, 
nervousness, all of that stuff. And Mm -hmm. that was very symbolic of me being in my head. When I'm in my head Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking, well, then I can create all of these scenarios that make me feel nervous and scared and all of that. So, you know, I Mm -hmm. jotted down a couple of things. And and if you're out there listening and you're like me and those, you you feel like you're in your head a lot. One, one of the first things that has helped me is just to take things slowly, you know, Mm -hmm. you like building up, setting the space, you know, that foreplay can come in and just creating that that environment and you, know, you don't have mm-hmm. to jump in at a hundred miles an hour right from the get-go, right? So mm-hmm. building things up um, and then, you know, pause if you need it. Like for yeah. me, sometimes I would feel that, that urge to, you know, to come and I didn't want to at that moment, but I didn't feel like I was able to pause. So it's like give yourself mm-hmm. permission to like pause when we need it. If I need to stop stroking, cool. I can stop stroking and do something else. I can go down on my partner, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it Mm -hmm. is. And then really focusing on them and not focusing on myself because I recognize that when I'm caught up about whether or not I'm going to orgasm and all of that, it's because I'm focusing on me and I'm not paying, I'm not paying close enough attention to her. And I found as I've gained a little bit more mastery around myself, um, especially in the sexual arena, that when I do just focus on my partner, right? Like my body calms down, you know, when mm-hmm. I'm, when I'm focused on connecting to, to her movements and her, her body mm-hmm. undulations and her noises, when I'm just trying to connect with that. I'm mm-hmm. out of my head. I'm in my heart and man, things really become explosive and, uh, you know, no pun intended, but that's, <laughs> that's been very, very helpful to me as it relates to performance issues. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah, I love that so much. It's like we forget, it's like so much of sex is about giving and about connection and how beautiful that is to like pay, be paying deep, undivided attention to your partner. And, and yeah, how that just creates such a different experience. It's so much more present, so much less in our heads, so much more in our body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you're listening and the next time you find yourself in a in a sexual experience and you're feeling nervous and anxious, you know, recognize that that's, that's, that's you in your head and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And so just take that signal from your body, those nerves, and just pour that energy into your partner and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Just try something, but, but focus the attention on them and see if your body starts to calm down. Because that's happened for me nine times out of 10, when I'm feeling, you know, ang- anxious, anxiousness that comes from a sense of fear, right? Because sometimes you're just sort of like excitedly buzzing and there might be a little nerves, but they are not rooted in fear. When they're rooted in right. fear, I have found that diverting my attention and energy from myself into my partner and pouring it into them has helped to get mm-hmm. my body back into that powerful space. So that's um, just a little, little takeaway. Beautiful. Love that. Kylie, you're awesome. This has been a lot of fun. <sighs> this has been this has been uh, a little nerve wracking at times, but man, just yes. a powerful conversation. How do you feel? Uh, I feel good. It's funny. I'm like having, I know a lot of people that know me personally are going to listen to this episode and there's the part of me that's pretty terrified of that. And then another part of me that again, is going back to what we've been saying of like, we're all doing this and we all feel the same way. And there's really nothing to be concerned about. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, it'll be it'll be cool to hear the feedback you get from you know your your circles, and same with me as I share this with people. And you know, for me, like there's this element of having this type of conversation with somebody who is not my wife, which is mm-hmm. like an interesting. Like, oh, okay, all right. You know, like there, there's something around mm-hmm. that, um, and I think that's just for me. It's along this idea of just normalizing these types of conversations. That totally. you know, they don't have to be had in secret. Um, they don't necessarily have to be even had with with the person who I you know go to sleep with every night. That we mm-hmm. can talk about these things because there's learning to be done by me hearing your experience and by me hearing your insecurities mm-hmm. and vice versa. So I'm very grateful to you. Um, for opening up, yeah, same here. You you brought it, you brought it, and you made me have to step up my my insecurity sharing game because you really brought it today, and that's that's huge. So that's that's so awesome. So thank you. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, like you said, I think yeah, having a conversation with someone who isn't your partner, it's, it's brave, and it's also just again, like you said, putting it in the context of like, oh, you have sex, I have sex too, and like we can talk about this, and it doesn't have to be about one another; it's just our experiences. And um, yeah, it's such a powerful thing. I hope we've opened up for a lot of the listeners here of uh, just the permission to talk about these things and to be open with them and to let it be kind of weird and to laugh about it. Yeah, absolutely. Just creating an environment of being more comfortable talking about things that are uncomfortable. Yes, 100%. quick note about the Having It All podcast. I am not a doctor nor a licensed therapist. I'm a guy with a story and a passion for conscious conversation. My thoughts, opinions, and beliefs are my own. So please consult with your doctor or healthcare provider regarding any questions or issues you have related to your personal, physical, or mental health. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higg. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs>